My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the Six Figure Podcast Rebels. It's Britt here today. We have another super exciting interview ahead of us today. The guest I'm bringing on, Phil Friedrich, started financial planning practice at 19 years old. Now also still continues to do financial planning and owns a rental real estate business as well. He's the host of Who Knew in the Moment podcast, in which has ranked in the top 1.5 of all podcasts worldwide, which is super, super exciting. So happy to have you on today, Phil. Thanks so much for jumping on. How's it going? It's going really well, thanks. I, uh, I've had a long couple of days. I just flew back from Tampa, but uh, you know, we got to see the Bucks play the Chiefs last night and it was a great time. So now we're ready to love it with you. Well, thanks so much. It's such a pleasure to have you on today. Um, and it's going to be great. We're going to have some, we'll go for some wins. So it's working. We'll talk about some of the challenges you faced along the way. And, you know, we'll have some great conversation within that alone, some great takeaways. But before we really jump in, do you mind just giving us a little bit of your background story? How'd you get to where you are today? Because you're doing absolutely amazing. And I think it's fantastic. You're out there kicking butt. So let's, let's hear your story. Let's, uh, before we really jump in. Yeah. So, you know, I wish I could say I came from an entrepreneurial background, but I didn't. Uh, no one in my family at any length uh, ever had an entrepreneurial background, but uh, it kind of started when I was in high school and on senior night, you know, the, uh, the night where they re recognized seniors, I was playing basketball and my parents had a work obligation, so they couldn't attend senior night. And my sister and my two best friends walked me out that night. And I remember thinking, I want to have a job where work can't tell me what I have to do. And so I Googled jobs that don't have bosses the next day. And most of them were ones where you had to have a great idea and create a new product. I'm not that innovative. So I said, those aren't going to be for me. But there's this thing called a financial planner. And I said, that I think I would be interested in. I like money. I'm going to seek this out. And so, yeah, at 19, I... Uh, got hired on at a firm and I started my own practice. And now, yeah, for the last 12 years, I've been running that. We work with clients uh, in 33 different states across the United States. And so uh, it's been just a huge blessing to see it grow. And that really parlayed me into the rental real estate business, which was at 22 years old, I was sitting down with a potential client and I asked them the question, what are your goals in the next two years? And they said, well, we're working on selling our house currently because we're building a home and, you know, uh, we don't want to have two mortgages. And I said, well, what are you going to do in between selling this one and moving into the next? And they said, we're going to get an apartment. And I said, ugh, I hate moving. And right. to that, yeah, to that they responded and they said, we do too. And I said, well, if you fire your real estate agent and so there's no fees and you bring it down $10,000, I'll just buy it from you and you can rent from me until you move. And that's how I got into rental real estate. So, you know, I wish there was like a rich dad, poor dad book that was given to me or someone in my yeah. life told me it was a good idea, but uh, I just liked their house and uh, I made an offer that day. And I guess the, the rest of it has just grown since then. I love it. Oh my gosh, what a journey. 
Well, congratulations. Yeah. You're doing amazing. And I love it. I love everything about it. So, so we all know with, you know, building the six figure, multiple six figure or higher business, it comes with the wins, but what are some of the biggest challenges that you have faced throughout your journey? You know, as I think about that, I would probably go two different ways. Uh, one okay. is my age in getting started in each of those. Uh, you know, being 19, 20, 21, 22, uh, people don't love to take you seriously, especially when there may be two or three times your age. And, and so I had to come up with a lot of analogies about why it would be beneficial to, to work with me opposed to someone their own age. And, right. you know, that was really what I did. I just said, you know, hey, if the planner that you're working with has done any of their own planning, uh, like they've probably told you to do planning, then hopefully they'll be able to retire at an eerily similar age. And that would be problematic for you because you still have to live the rest of your life. So it might be helpful to make a relationship with someone that's young and barring something catastrophic happening, I should be able to serve you for your entire life. And you won't have to worry about that. And I think that really, uh, you know, turned on a light bulb for a lot of people that oh yeah, although I have had this relationship for 30 years, um, they probably will retire when I retire and then I'm going to have to find someone new. So I right. might as well interview with Phil and uh, see if I would like him to be a part of the team. So that was definitely a lesson that I needed to learn and I needed to figure out how I could spin it in a way that was beneficial for me. Um, right. so, so that's been a huge help to me there. Okay, I see. That's interesting. And, uh, you know, when did you start your podcast? Because I'm curious to see, yeah. you know, what intentional actions you took to get it up and running. And because it's gotten to the uh, one point, uh, rank to the top 1.5 of the entire world. So I want to see, like, what were your intentional actions with it? Yeah. So that's kind of a funny story as well on how that all came to be. I've been into podcasts and personal development for long before they were kind of the craze. And I had friends all the time telling me, Phil, you should just start your own podcast. And I said, well, you know, just like anyone else, I'm busy. I got a million other things. The last thing I needed was another obligation. And so every November, I take some time off of out of my practice and out of the real estate world. And I go set my goals for the next year. And so we were heading out to Colorado and I was bringing a client, his wife and uh, their son with me. And as we're heading out there, uh, I was asking him a bunch of questions and his wife from the, the back seat goes, have you ever thought about hosting a podcast? Like the way you ask questions is very intriguing. I said, yes, I, I have thought about that. I suppose maybe since I'm heading out to set my goals, I will make that a goal. And so I created that as the goal and about okay. one. Yeah. I said, Hey, I want to do one interview per month. Oh, you got some background noise. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, so I planned on doing, you know, one interview per month. And so with that, uh, I had recorded about eight of them. And so I was almost done with my yearly goal. And then I interviewed a gentleman. I told him, hey, I will not be able to release your episode until probably September and he goes, well, then I don't want you to use it if I have to wait eight months to get the content. And as I reflect on, like, I probably could have just moved him up earlier in the release date, but my head went to, oh, well, I better release more frequently. And so that prompted me to do one a week. And a friend of mine said, hey, how's the podcast going? He said, well, it's going pretty good. And he goes, well, are you thinking about growing it? 
And I said, I don't know, I'm doing one a week. I feel like that's quite a bit. And he goes, well, try two a week. And if your followers or your listeners uh, stay on or grow, then they want more content. And if they drop down, go back to one a week. And so I upped it to two per week. And now every Tuesday and every Friday, there's a new episode. And as we went to two, um, listeners and views went up from there. And so I said, all right, well, there's a need for the content. So yeah, now we do two new episodes every week, Tuesdays and Fridays. And so we've been doing that for about two years now. Love it. And so on these um, episodes, do you strictly do interviews or do you do solos or do you a little bit of both? So we always are highlighting somebody else's story. And so, yeah, the podcast is called Who Knew in the Moment? And so the premise is, as we're living our life, very rarely do you realize the magnitude of a moment while it's happening. However, in hindsight, uh, we can look back and see, oh, man, thank God that happened because it prepared me or it got me ready for this or it brought that connection. And so, yeah, we have high level people on, you know, NFL um, athletes, NBA athletes, business owners, people that have really hit the pinnacle in whatever it is that they do as a vocation. And we get to connect and hear their story. And I think um, what makes the podcast intriguing for a lot of the listeners is, yeah, it's not real estate. Specific. So, you know, hey, if you love real estate, you're going to listen to Bigger Pockets because that's the go to of real estate. Uh, however, I think everyone can relate because if we reflect on our own lives, right, whether it's your spouse or it's uh, the job you have or the position you wanted, right, there were kind of these random things that prepared you for it or these connections that got you there. And that has been something that we get a lot of feedback on is like, man, I didn't know that about this person, but I can see how that plays into my own life too. Absolutely. And so do you go through basically more of a like a referral thing to get people on interviews or do you reach out to them or do they reach out to you? How is that working? Yeah. So when I first started, I reached out to people that were in my personal circle that I knew that I really wanted to highlight their story. Uh, Then from there, it was kind of a referral. And now it's a little bit of reaching out, but it's also um, fortunately, we've, as we've grown, we have quite a few PR agencies that reach out to us with guests to have on. And so, yeah, it was about two weeks ago, um, a PR agency reached out to me and they gave kind of the whole spiel of why their client should come on the show and how their story fits my, my show. And then the last part they said was, and he's been on Joe Rogan twice. And I said, well, if he's been on Joe Rogan twice, I suppose he's probably good enough to be on my show once. Uh, so <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, I think we can make this work. So yeah, it's been, it's been really fun to see the different connections and how, you know, different folks have come on the show. And the fortunate thing is if they have a great time, they're often open to saying, Hey, yeah, this person should come chat with you too. And referral. Yes. do the referral with them okay cool that's amazing now with your podcast what's like what's your next biggest focus and desire uh for this year coming yeah so really good question uh you know i think the there's always this tough balance of are we trying to do something where it's monetizing it are we trying to grow viewership what is your focus and i i think you can have both as a focus Uh, But for me, it's definitely been, you know, I do have two six figure businesses. So those can kind of take care of what I'm accomplishing. And the podcast can be a little bit less about the money side and more about, you know, the value add side. So we've created a few partnerships and connections that um, will have a little bit of monetary value there. But uh, really, it's just about continuing to bring good content. And so we ask for feedback from, you know, all of our guests 
you know, hey, what yeah. could we be doing better? Um, but we also ask for feedback from listeners. Hey, what what do you want to hear? There are certain topics that we haven't gotten into. Want to so, cover? Yeah, you know, and it's interesting. Um, we're almost like 55, 45 male to female. So uh, it's very much both. And, um, you know, probably the last time we asked for feedback, the most commonly requested was um, for moms that are single moms. How do we, you know, have stories about that and, you know, getting through the tough times of being a single parent. So um, yeah, then we say, all right, well, who has a really cool story that's been able to do something as a single parent? And we want to bring that content. So I'd say, you know, just keeping a pulse on the people that are listening so you can add as much value to them as possible. Absolutely. Having some relatable content and stuff too. I I love the way you guys are doing it. And um, do you do this all on your own or do you have a big team behind you? I'm curious like how you're able to, I know that you have two other six figure businesses and obviously you have people that you're, you know, on the same team as you and whatnot that you've hired, but what about the podcast? Is it just you or? Yeah. So the podcast is mostly just me. <laughs> I do have a friend wow. in her name is Amber and she's a saint. She creates the graphics for me. I'm not overly skilled at anything Canva. So uh, she creates the two graphics for me that I need each week. And uh, she does that. And God bless her soul, because if I had to do it, it would be ugly and it would not. Flow <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yes, she, she's awesome. She gets that done for me. But outside of that, I do do all the editing and all the recording um, and, and things like that by myself amazing wow so you got a lot on your plate like kudos to you you're doing amazing things and I I love I love the value that you're adding to uh you know for the listeners and everything like that so it's incredible so based on where you are today if you were to like uh triple or I guess we could say double or triple your profit and revenue um in one year what are some changes that you would need to make like from the podcast yeah you know I think there, once again, there's a lot of different ways to go about creating revenue in that front, right? You can do the ads, you can create strategic partnerships um, with kind of referral codes, you can charge to have people on the show. Um, Right now, I've decided I don't want to do ads. Um, I don't like listening to them on other people's podcasts. So I don't, I haven't accepted any ads. Once again, that can always change, but at this point, not not been my thing. Um, So we do charge a a small fee for people to come on the show. Um, And then we also do have some partnerships where listeners will get discounts for, for, um, for trying a product or for trying a company, the company then, um, you know, sends us a referral fee. And so once again, it's kind of a win, 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 they get access to a whole new group of people. The listener gets the chance to try a product because they may not without a discount. And then once again, for me being the connector between those two, they'll send a fee. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I was just curious to see how you made that work. And I know that we talked a bit about, you know, uh, some of the struggles with your businesses and everything, but what about the podcast? What would you say the biggest challenge has been with the podcast? So I'll answer it two ways. I would say one, what my personal biggest struggle has been, and then one uh, from people that have reached out that have wanted to start a podcast, what their biggest struggle has been. And I would say the, the biggest struggle when people are reaching out and picking my brain or want to talk about it is there's this expectation or thought that, well, maybe I'll be Joe Rogan on day one. 
right? And I should have a million downloads and all of a sudden they release an episode and they get 18 people to listen or they get a hundred listeners and they're really deflated about that. And I say, well, you know, you don't have a proven sauce yet. So you need to just continue to build content. And eventually, um, you know, as you get more traction, that number will just organically grow if the people like what you're producing. So I think having a realistic expectation of what's possible versus um, seeing people that are at mountaintop points and thinking I should be there day one. Um, I think that's probably the biggest um, deflator for most people as they're getting started in the podcast. I think the biggest struggle for me has been um, really kind of what we just talked about, and that is getting everything done um, because it is kind of a passion project for me. You know, we've had different companies reach out and say, well, we will do your editing and we'll do this and that for you. And it's like, well, the amount that you're charging versus the, you know, the fun that I'm having with it. I don't know that the dollar amount is really worth that uh, at this right. phase of the game, you know, and so. I just say, well, I will do it myself. So, you know, it's just having the dedication. So like today, as I'm flying or as I was flying from Tampa to Omaha, uh, I listened to the two episodes that were releasing this week. So I could find which snippets I needed to cut out um, and, and which what I wanted. Yeah. And which to keep and then which one we're going to release on socials throughout the week. And I think, you know, all of that just takes time. And so you have to make time for it. But I think that also parlays into having a strategy. Uh, you know, don't just wing it. You know, we, we know, hey, we're going to post at this time with, you know, this content and it's already been cut the you know days before. And so it's really just a matter of on that day, clicking and putting, you know, post opposed to I've got to figure it all out and there's no consistency there. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Those. And I think you're not alone. You know, I think a lot of people, their podcasts struggle with the same things. And also a lot of people get a little bit confused sometimes, you know, well, I, I have this many downloads. Why am I not making this much money and blah, 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 you know, but that's not necessarily the, uh, the way it always works. No. Definitely. In some cases, yes. But, you know, we had a, we had a lady who, um, came to us and she's like, I have 1.3 million downloads, but really not, you know, closing a lot of sales off of that. And just not nowhere where it should be. And um, it was just as simple as targeting a different audience, you know, or target uh, a different, um, what's the word for it? I guess, dream customers to bring on. And so there's a lot that goes into that gets overlooked, you know, and a lot of people think it's just the downloads just, and that's not always the case, you know, because uh, we had another guy come to us and he was like, his name was Way, and he's like, he had only a thousand downloads and he was in his first month after tweaking one thing who he was targeting, he in his first month made $30,000 $30, off his podcast. And so it shows you like, you know, it doesn't always matter how many downloads you have. If you're reaching out to the right people and speaking to the right people, um, relating to them, that makes all the difference too, right? So. Yes, it does. That's a phenomenal point. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, this has been absolutely amazing. Uh, I thank you so much for coming on today, Phil. It was an absolute pleasure to hear your valuable insights and have you share them with the people listening today. Um, and I hope to get you on in the future again, uh, just to share some more of your, your knowledge, because you've got a lot of it. So if well, I appreciate it. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. It was a pleasure having you. But before we jump off, if there's anyone looking to, you know, reach you or connect with you, what would be the best way about doing that? 
Yeah, I will say either Instagram or my email. Instagram would be philthecup10. I know it's not a good pun, but it's, it's, it is what it is. Fill the (laughs) cup one zero. So 10. Um, and then my email address is phil.friedrich and Friedrich is fried rich one zero at gmail.com. So phil.friedrich one zero at gmail.com. Great. Well, thank you so much, Phil. I appreciate you coming on once again. And like I said, let's get on again in the future. Uh, group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and sub- subscribe. If you're a six-figure or higher entrepreneur and want to come on just like Phil did today for an interview, please go to podcastrebels.com. We'd love to have you on as well. Catch you on the next episode, everybody. Thanks, Phil. Bye-bye. Hey, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com. And then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.